We have since learned that identity is a major factor to our mental well-being. Who am I? Where do I come from? Why am I here? What happened to me? Are all very important questions. What we're going to do right here is take you back, way back, back into time. Welcome to our special focus on African history. To start off the conversation on African history, we go right back to the beginning of time, to the first humans and the first plants. The only way we can learn about this is through the lens of a paleontologist who studies ancient life, anything from dinosaurs to prehistoric plants, studies mammals, fish, insects, fungi, and even microbes. So of course, this is a very specialized um, study of science and we are very pleased to have with us Notemba Bele, who is a friend of the podcast and who also happens to be Mbali's sister. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so Notemba um, is a studied paleontology. She will talk us through this uh, very interesting and critical time uh, in terms of the beginning of life on earth and yeah I don't want to do too much introductions uh she will speak for herself so Notemba welcome to Books on My Mind podcast how are you doing today? Hi Visa hi Mbali um thank you for having me uh today I'm feeling very good um it's very hot today but yeah good all overall. Yeah I'm glad um, I've been waiting for the hot summer days this is how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Bali, how are you today? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. I'm absolutely excited that we got things going again. And uh, I mean, this conversation is going to be very, very interesting. And I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I just can't imagine how your Christmas lunches go, right? When around the table, you've got like someone who started paleontology. I mean, what's even paleontology? <laughs> <laughs> what I, I will tell you out. yeah she, she's the dinosaur lady to all the oh kids Lord. in the family <laughs> they <Wow>. love her <laughs> so without further ado uh welcome my sweetie pie welcome Natemba. um and the first question really is just to give us more information on who you are uh where you're from and maybe just deeper um um, analysis on your studies you know information on your studies and how they've shaped how you look at the world today um so yeah my name is Uno Temba and I'm from Johannesburg South I've been here all my life um yeah so I'm a sister daughter dog mom and friend um to many people and as you guys have heard um I have a qualification well two qualifications from VITS my first one was a Bachelor of Science General, uh, but more on the biological sciences side. Um, and then I moved on further to do my honours in um, paleontology and environmental sciences. So basically, um, it was very, it was moving on to do my honours was really not even a decision, really. It was, you know, just part of the flow because of how they've honed my skills during undergraduate um, my undergraduate studies 
So basically they provided funding for me. And um, since then I was just like, okay, cool. Let me, this is interesting. Let me, you know, dive in. Let me see where we come from because like you heard, paleontology is basically fossils, um, geology and plants. So it really shaped how I approach life after I completed my honors because um, it gave me a more broader picture basically with every cycle that's going on in nature and how um, it's not just me, it's every single cycle working together. Wow, that is really interesting. Yeah, <coughs> and really I think interesting. I would like to maybe know a little bit, uh, there's a number of young people who listen to the podcast and I know how difficult it can be when you are still in high school and thinking about what am I going to do after matric and everything. Did you always know Definitely. that this is where you want to go um, with your career and your studies? No, not at all. Um, when I was in primary school, actually, I wanted to be a businesswoman. And then high school, I wanted to do medicine. And so unfortunately, my marks weren't <laughs> medicine quality. So mm -hmm. I was just, I've always been interested in biology. Mm -hmm. And so, and I used to get good marks in it. So it was a natural progression towards biology or biological sciences in general. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So in this segment, we're exploring our history as Africans um, and people in general, because we learn from books that we've reviewed in the podcast that our mental health um, is actually tied to our identity as well. So we'd like to go right to the beginning of time, um, you know, as far as that goes. And if you could please just give us more information on where the first human locations were and how they started dispersing across the, uh, the globe. Okay. Um, so basically, um, with paleontology, what we were able to do was look at fossils um, as basic evidence. So with that being said, the, the earth has been evolving since, ever since, you know, ever since, even before dinosaurs and everything. So mm. from as early as bacteria and the bacteria from like the beginning stages was something called extremophiles. So they existed in extreme conditions. So it would basically be like very hot conditions, acidic like where no one, like none of us would be there and mm. how it progressed to dinosaurs and then eventually humans. So I was able to see this. We actually did a module in um, hominid evolution and I was able to see this with the evidence. So we looked at both the fossils and the evidence and how we could date those fossils as well because dating is very important to see the progression. We'll be able to see the oldest um human or the youngest human you know uh, most modern human which would be us mm. so they proposed three hypotheses and I'm just going to tell you now these three hypotheses really just drive the point that we came out of Africa like human life came out of Africa and I feel like that's very big you know it's a very big statement to actually put across mm. um, but let me just dive in into the three hypotheses and just also these three hypotheses, uh, a quick note is that they used um, the mutation rate and then the maternal DNA. So I'll just go back into that after I explain these hypotheses. 
Okay. And so the first one was the multi-regional evolution. So it basically states that um, Homo sapiens evolved from Homo erectus outside of Africa. So Homo erectus is the modern human being, right? So what they're basically saying is that it links to how I remember we were speaking just a brief conversation um, with you, Visa and Bali. We were speaking about the different cradles. And so I think this is the perfect way to link it to the different cradles around the world. So with this hypothesis, um, it says that we started from Africa and then we slowly wandered around the world. But we still had access to each other as different groups. So there was not really a genetic mix-up or variation. We're basically the same, you know. So mm. in that cradle in Asia, in that cradle in um, East Africa, in that cradle of South Africa, we were basically the same. We just managed to be in different spots around the world. So hold on, Natimba. Um, You know, a few weeks ago, uh, I only thought there is one cradle and it's the one like right here. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. At the cradle of humankind. Does it fall under Northwest or in, in Krugersdorp? Um, and I then Krugersdorp, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we, then obviously we were doing some research on this topic and we learned that there are more cradles, uh, like you mentioned, East Africa and other places. And so this for us, because like we don't have knowledge like we're like oh okay so how is it possible that there's different cradles which one came first and you know what does this all mean so Mm -hmm. what you're saying is that these different cradles had um i don't know what you call it like had remains of people from the same era or what yeah, basically. So um, these remains, so the fossils that they found in these different cradles were basically when they dated them, number one, or when they look at the genetic material. So when they looked at the DNA and everything, mm. they found that there wasn't really that much differences between them, you mm. know. And so it really drives home this first hypothesis to be like, okay, multi-regional evolution. Okay, they mm. left Africa. And then, okay, they, wow, but they were still maybe, you know, like how we have social media and we're like, no, a quick text. So maybe a quick call because it wasn't that further apart from each other that like, okay, or, you know, I you never know what's going on back in the day. You just try mm-hmm. to you hypothesize these different things. But because they didn't have many differences in their DNA, they really thought that, okay, this was really just out of Africa and then were close enough to be together but separate enough to actually be found in those different cradles yeah and so Um, you probably have a lot more knowledge around this but i do want to test or maybe you'll expand more as you go so if they're finding these different cradles around the same time in different parts of the world why then what um what evidence do we have that they originated from africa So let me, um, I think I'm just going to further expand on the other two hypotheses and then we'll be able to see the link between um, uh, the different cradles and Africa. So with the second hypothesis, um, this is the out of Africa hypothesis. 
So it says that Homo sapiens evolved from Homo erectus, modern human in Africa, and evolved separately from each other into different species. So with this hypothesis, it basically says that um, they moved away completely now. And this is the one, well, this is a young disclaimer. This is the one that is my favorite because it really explains it the best way possible, you know? And I'm saying this because now we're going back to your question of how is it linking to Africa? So in Africa, apparently, us as modern humans, we have the most genetic variation. So we have the most diverse DNA, um, most resourceful DNA, you know, how we were able, you know, there's this saying that's, um, that people say survival of the fittest. So yeah. they are able to see that the main DNA factor that brings us into modern human beings was from Africa in essence. So uh, I'm going to bore you with the actual gene and everything, but I think there's comfort in knowing that we were the origin. You know, we are the base DNA. And you just go and you say, Asia, oh, there's a similarity with this. Oh, this is the base DNA, you know. Oh, but the base DNA was found in Africa. Oh, okay. So this is how we can, you know, put our thinking together to be like, it must be that, humans did originate from um africa you know mm, so um yeah so yeah, it's like it a really tree is. and then branches really. uh but yes. the branch can link back to the main tree. okay exactly 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 that and the third hypothesis is the assimilation model so it says um basically that african origin for modern humans combined with low but significant contributions from Europe and Asian archaic people so um, there's one there's a pre-modern human being that was found only in Asia and Europe so they call it Eurasia and it's called a Neanderthal and this Neanderthal was never found in Africa okay. so it really it confused people to be like did we really originate in Africa or did we originate in Europe, but how is that, you know, how is this thing all going together in that, um, you know, direction? How does this all tie up together? So with this third hypothesis, it really does explain it the best in terms of the Neanderthals. It basically states that we came out from Africa and then we separated, remember now. So the first hypothesis was we came out of Africa we, we separated a bit, but we still had the same like genes flowing between each other as like different populations. The second one states that we came out of Africa, but then we moved further away in order to repopulate within each other and mix our own different genes together. And now this third one is saying that we moved away further enough where we could repopulate within each other. But then mm. as we were progressing around the world, there were small significant changes in our genes mm. as we move throughout the world to create the different species, I guess, in the human, modern human. Mm. Makes so sense. it's, yeah, it does make sense to mm. be like, okay, mm. maybe the change was fairer skin or the change was um, taller people. I mean, the people in the Amazon are really tall. So you just need, and I also feel like it's your interaction with the environment 
that exactly. really drives the change into mm. whatever is meant to be favorable for that specific environment. Mm. Wow. No, it makes total sense. I mean, um, also considering, I think uh, Visa mentioned this in our previous conversation that um, the makeup of the continents was not what it is today. You know, there's mm. been a lot of sh- and linking that to the environment, um, I mean, it's inevitable that there will be some genetic um, evolution that happens as well, you know, logically speaking. Mm. Yeah. And um, so it was quite interesting, uh, Natemba, because when we, when we started like asking questions around this topic, um, we were thinking of, is it anthropology? And when you explained paleontology to say, well, before humans were even there, you know, there was an environment that had to be either conducive or not conducive for life to even take home. So I quite like that. (laughs) I quite like that idea because we also know that um, the Earth was one big planet called, is it Pangea or something like that? So, for example, where Australia is today, maybe before it was attached to Africa, India, like we were just one big world. So, of course, man, I'm curious to find out then from, so from what you've, you've learned and everything, can you just talk a bit more about that, like that evidence to say it was just one continent before, and yeah, plants and fungi and all that interesting science stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, um, back then, unfortunately, it was a while ago. This was even before humans were like in the picture um, when you look at the evidence. Um, but you're able to see that's where paleontology comes in, you know. Were you able to see the actual evidence in a rock or in a mountain where there's track marks? Because you know that even now the world is constantly rotating, but within the Earth's core, we are there's movements. Mm. The crusts mm. are moving um, within the actual core. So those were the driving uh, forces behind our actual continents breaking apart into Pangea, your Gondwana, Laurasia, all those breaking up into the continents we see today. But with the changes in the, because it's the tectonic plates that are moving. um, Mm. Yeah. So with the changes in these movements, it drives different climates, you know, it drives different climates. And I I feel like the earth is really just trying to get back to normal. After a big change, Mm -hmm. tries to get back to normal. After a big change, gets back to normal. So it's one of those things where um, everything worked together in order to come to where it had to be. Mm-hmm. So the environment, the vegetation, the animals that were found in, um, the climate, everything worked in union to make the environment conducive, like you said, for modern humans to come about. So with the plates and the tectonics, mm-hmm. unfortunately it happened way before, but I feel like it happened you know, driving, driving the main thing that we're going to be evolving or we are actually going to be in the picture. Mm. That is so interesting. And yeah. so this is kind of also a question I have um, to say, 
if those changes happen, let's say where I live now, today it's comfortable, the environment is conducive and everything. And then fast forward in say, I don't know how many years need to take, but fast forward in the future, where I'm staying now is no longer habitable. Uh, it's too dry, too hot. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of like any, <laughs> some uh, news reports. Um, there was a news report in the Northern Cape and this lady was saying, we've been waiting for rain for the past six years. And I'm like, no one told you, like maybe where you stay now has turned into a desert. I mean, how does it go for six years without <laughs> rain and you're still waiting for rain? It's not coming, man. Move. You know? Yeah. So like these changes that happen. Um, so I always thought that um, you know, maybe what we're seeing out there, people are saying climate change, climate change. That is just like the world doing its thing, you know, it's just the world changing as it always changed. Can you talk to that? Because yeah, that makes me curious. I don't know where do you draw the line between this is just how the world is changing um, versus the idea that uh, maybe it's human activity that's changing the world. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, an analogy that I like using, which really shows how um, the earth really responds to change is when there's a, a volcanic eruption. And when there's a, a volcanic eruption, there's a lot of things that happen. You know, there's the, you know, the ash comes out first, you know, then it's dark everywhere. And that's just, you know, a, an influx of carbon, you know, into the system, into that area. And then as soon as, you know, the, the lava comes out and it's just hot and it's just, you know, things are getting burnt, trees are getting burnt, everything is just getting destroyed. And I'm putting that in quotation marks. Um, and so with this influx of carbon into the atmosphere, immediately as soon as the lava, the volcano erupts, there's literally snow. It snows. So the atmosphere is definitely trying to cool down immediately. And the only thing it knows that's cold enough is snow. And mm -hmm. so it, it literally just tries to cool it down as fast as it can. And from then onwards, everything comes back to life. So, you know, ash is very good for um, soil. Mm -hmm. So it makes it more fertile and the whole system works like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But now with modern day and us as humans, the issue is that we move from the industrial revolution where they were making cars from like coal and just steam powered engines and everything. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving further and we're moving further. Yes, some cars are now eco-friendly and everything. But it's just a buildup of all the carbon emissions in the atmosphere that are causing it to be extremely hot. You know, I mean, countries close to the equator are experiencing high temperatures, higher than usual, you know. And I really believe climate change is a real thing because even now for us, I mean, today it's like 29 degrees, you know, mm -hmm. and usually we see those temperatures in summer. Mm -hmm. So I think they look at the patterns over the years to see the temperature change number one but also you look at the species you know the you look at the antarctica or the arctic circle and you see okay polar bears are no longer doing well you know oh the ice is melting where are they gonna go so there's a lot of species that have gone extinct um you look at the rate of extinction of animals 
And a lot of this evidence points to that it really is climate change. We are really affecting the climate as human beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's really yeah. interesting. The climate affects us. And then our world We might just go into extinction. <laughs> <laughs> we might be extinct <laughs> sooner than we think. <laughs> but it goes back to us being highly adaptable as humans. So we're able to move, number one, to a mm -hmm. colder environment. Or we just, um, you know, we use plants to aid us or we use antibiotics or we use AI as we've been, you know, artificial intelligence to assist us. But, yeah. Mm. I think, um, yeah, what, what it, it's really comforting. I'm finding it very comforting. Um, yes, I know the end of this conversation has spoken about us going possibly extinct. <laughs> I doubt it's something that's going to happen soon. And I want to believe there's things that we can still do to circumvent that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, really in line with the podcast that we're having, which talks to uh, mental wellness, I'm finding so much comfort in, in the facts that you've brought to our podcast Notemba, you know, uh, the fact that all of us as humans are, are coming from one place, you know, uh, one source. I know that uh, there might be debates around this. You did say the hypothesis, but for me, uh, it gives me comfort um, because as Uvisa has mentioned in the, in the intro, in the books that we've gone into, identity has been one of those things that is bringing a lot of suffering and discomfort to people, um, you know, today, this day and age. And the reason we're going this far back is to really put science behind the fact that we are one as people, you know. Um, it doesn't take away from culture and whatever else that people enjoy um, in modern life. But I feel like just as foundation and base, um, it's very good to know that we're all the same, regardless of color. So um, having said that, um, are there any things that you can draw from um, paleontology that could help with um, alleviating any psychological suffering, you know, beyond what we've shared? I know you've spoken about um, our ability to um, not mutate, but to adapt, to adapt. I don't know, um, as part of your response, if you could just build on that as well, um, towards helping alleviate suffering, um, you know, especially mental. Um, so, yeah, um, I think we can find reassurance in the fact that we are adaptable. And as Africans, it's, it's really reassuring to know that we have the most genetic variation, meaning whatever situation we're placed in, we will literally overcome it. We have a gene. We can just unlock a gene and be like, okay, cool. Um, let's go, you know, type of situation. Let's face this challenge, you know. And so um, that's from a genetic way. But as Africans, you know, you're able to go, I mean, a lot of people say Swahili is a basis for a lot of languages in Africa. So already from that, we have built on each other as Africans. You know, we have worked together before as Africans, even before there were borders around us. 
you know, dividing us into specific countries. We're already moving together. We're already moving into each other's countries as like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like we should really lean on that, lean on the fact that there's a community in Africa where we are not alone, where we are we have a community, you know, we can speak about whatever we need to speak about. And I feel like knowing that, knowing that we also belong here, and it really just emphasizes that we, you actually belong. You know, there's this imposter syndrome that you have when you go to work somewhere, you feel like you don't belong, or you feel like you're ill-equipped. I mean, even with myself, my honors, it was very difficult for me, and I really had to take a break after that because it was really not it was very you know you're learning about these things emphasizing that you you meant to be here no you meant to be here but then the emotional is not connecting with the actual practical you know (laughs) or the mental is not connecting with the practical so it's I really advise people to really find their identity I mean you can really find your identity by looking at your maternal DNA actually this this is a side note you can actually link um, your where you come from exactly in the world by you looking at your mitochondrial DNA so from that if you think identity is based on science or your identity is based on how you feel or your identity is based on your location or something like that use all these factors to your advantage use your culture use your 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 heritage use that um how diverse we are as africans and you really just need to use all these factors and it will really help with um your mental wellness with your identity with your personal growth and yeah that's basically my input on that wow wow that is awesome yeah thank you so much um you know i really would like us to also take advantage of these sites that we have around here uh, to just go deeper and learn a little bit more about them because yeah. so obviously we are recording from Johannesburg and um, I think it's just an hour's drive out of town and you are at the cradle of humankind. Uh, mm. There are also state-contained caves there, right? Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, it would be great if we actually uh, had an excursion uh, one of these days yes. to just go out and see these things and see these places. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. Uh, to help us like to be more tangible and like really <laughs> in your face uh, that we can yeah. use it to say, actually, you know, these are our ancestors and this is where we come from. Um, and the world as we know it today, you know, we have ownership in it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. um, our ancestors, had to create the best tools to use to survive. They had to create their own medicines. They, are, they had to understand the changes in mm. the environment, uh, the impact of the moon and the sun on all of these mm. things. And all that knowledge rolled over uh, to where we are today. So I think that's pretty powerful. So I think we should definitely do something there uh, that's, that can help us. Wow. Mm. Yeah. We agree. Yeah. We agree. I do want to ask Martin, but maybe you can share with us like if someone wanted to learn more and just maybe go deeper into the topic we had today, if there are some 
places you can refer them to, information you can refer them to? Um, uh, basically, so YouTube is a good um, place to start, mm. especially if people don't like reading intensive documents or anything, you know, papers like that. Um, but there's also Google Scholar where you can literally just type in um, paleontology or evidence of whatever, you know, where you can really, whatever question you have, you can really dive in and see for yourself. But then, like you mentioned, the, there's the Cradle of Humankind, Stegfontein Caves, um, there's the Origin Center, which is at the University of Witwatersrand, and then there's also the Evolutionary Studies Institute. Adverts. Um, wow. So there's a lot of places where one can really uh, find information about this if they're mm. really interested about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, what would you say to other younger people who are still thinking about what else to do? Because I mean, it's easy to say I want to be a doctor when I grow up because that's probably one of the few science uh, careers one can go into. Um, and I'm sure now that you are where you are, you've been exposed to more. So what would you say to maybe younger people who are coming up? Um, I would say that they should go through with their interests, you know, get as much information as you can, um, job shadow or go to the site, go and see for yourself if it's really something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of this site Bono in Newtown as well which is a science center where you can actually go for yourself. It's encouraged for high school students to go there, to go see which side of science that they're trying to explore more. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's, that's interesting. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. For making time, you know, to come have this conversation with us. It's a very, very important conversation, uh, more than you will ever know, because... You know, just before you you came in now, before Uvisa let you in, we were just talking about how suddenly we started getting emotional. <laughs> and one of the things that have always plagued us is the, the inferiority complex that some races, I mean, specifically Black people seem to have versus other races, you know. And really, this is where this conversation, one of the reasons um, that had us going this far back, you know, to say in the unifying factor, what is standing out for us, um, at least, is that there is nobody that's better than the other. The playing Mm. field is level. And, you know, uh, people need to realize that. Um, so thank you so much for your contribution, which is not just hearsay or something that we're picking up from wherever. It's scientific. And you have gone further to actually give us uh, more places, you know, uh, resources where people can go to, to, to for themselves. You know, it's one thing to Google, but I think it would be, so advisable for people to take time out to actually go to these places and see for themselves the science behind us you know the fact that really we are we are all the same there is none better than the other and yeah we should all just move from that place moving forward honestly I, i have to agree because um 
the fact that people come from all over the world just to visit Cradle of Humankind, you know, um, no matter what race, you know, because they're also trying yeah. to see and understand um, the way in which life works, you know, because, mm -hmm. I mean, you look at your history and then you're like, okay, this is, this was a pattern or no, this hasn't happened before, but I've been equipped with this in the past to deal with mm -hmm. it now. Oh, and you know Thank when you talk you. about patterns notemba i can't help but but think about uh fractals so when we were reading martha beck's book uh the way of integrity she talks about fractals as being life patterns whether it's mm. in plants animals mm. environment like you mm. talked about cycles that are just there like mm. Mm. whether you believe it or not these patterns are there and they are acting out the whole time. So I quite like that to hear it from you. Um, yeah, it's just very, I don't know, it just makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this is how life should be. Yeah, thank you so, yeah. so much. Yeah, thank you so much. We hope thank that you guys. we will have you again, maybe much later down the line to share more information. Um, Definitely. Yeah, really grateful for your contribution. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, guys. Um, I listened to it, so I'm really, it's like basically going on the Oprah Winfrey show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, guys. And I, again, I just want to put a disclaimer that I'm not necessarily an official scientist, um, but I'm just speaking from my background mm -hmm. as someone who studied science. So, yeah. Yeah, it's only smart uh, wise people who say those words. <laughs> I, my I know everything. I'm the expert. Listen yeah. to me. <laughs> Love making it easy. Okay, thank ladies. You. Thank you so much. Cheers. Bye bye. bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast so that it can reach more people. You can also show your support by making a small contribution so that we can keep more content like this coming by going to buymeacoffee.com. Thank you. Till next time. Bye.